1: Good morning, Rutherford County. I got the signal from Mr. Greg Tucker. It's his show.
4: My earphone's actually working this morning, so...
1: (laughs) You don't know how happy I am about that. Bless your heart. I know Monday's a special day for you. It is a special day for me, and I was... uh, Actually, I was looking for you Saturday, and I I couldn't ever get a hold of you and found out that you were pretty much tied up all morning Saturday. Moving appliances every once in a while. Well, what about the uh, historical group? Did you meet with them? Well, board meeting,
4: we had that as well. Yeah. And uh, that's with the tenant also.
1: Yeah. Well, you are going to be a big, you have been selected to be an award winner, a medal winner by the DAR. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think that would be Maybe the best award anybody could receive. I just absolutely love those people to death. Those ladies do a lot for our community.
4: They do, and you remind me of a lady we ought to acknowledge today. It's a short week, you know. It is a short week. Yeah, I remember Sarah Josepha Hale, Sarah J. Hale. Yes, yeah. Yeah, what'd she she do for us? I don't know. (laughs) I think we've talked about her before, but it's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, she back in the 1800s, a very prominent poet, author. She edited several magazines. Wait a minute! Back in the
1: 1800s. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, she she did a lot for us. Well, let me get there. <laughs> give me a chance I'm
4: trying I mean maybe you're different from the rest of us but I am in some ways in some ways her magazine was targeted women like some of our women magazines today but very early and she was an activist advocate for uh, expanding opportunities for women back in the Uh 1800s Uh, she lobbied I think five presidents and apparently because of her prominence she was able to speak directly and work directly with them. That there should be a national day of prayer, yeah, and Thanksgiving, yeah. And finally, in 1863, mm-hmm. she persuaded the sitting president, who needed help at that time, that uh, he should declare a national day of prayer and Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And Abraham Lincoln apparently thought it was politic, but also probably, in my opinion, was sincerely uh, oriented that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, interesting that we only had two national holidays that had been set before 1863, and you can guess what they were. One of them was George Washington's birthday, Mm
1: -hmm. and the other one, obviously... Which we don't celebrate anymore.
4: No, we don't really. And the other one I hope we always remember is Independence Day. We call it Fourth of July.
1: Mm
4: -hmm. Well, uh, Lincoln declared a national holiday, uh, Fourth Thursday of November, uh, and uh, encouraged the population to uh, pause and be thankful and to be prayerful. Mm -hmm and uh... today is a little different today we have politicians telling us how we should go about celebrating thanksgiving uh... lincoln said encourages blood
1: pressure go up you know that Yeah, I know. okay you're I, I doing know. this on purpose
4: well even even some of our proximate politicians are telling us how we should and and what we should do and uh... Uh, with With proper motive, I guess, but uh, it uh, kind of rubs the wrong way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, Lincoln didn't declare you must or you shouldn't. He just said, uh, this shall be a day of of uh, prayer and thanksgiving. There
1: well, where were uh, does, where does Lincoln stand out above all other presidents Lawyer? W- yeah. How does he stand out above all other presidents?
4: If you mean, how is he ranked by the professional historians? He's uh, second or third, usually. He's the tallest.
1: <laughs> he was 6'4 plus.
4: He was, he yeah. was, he was. And, uh, you know, height makes a difference, particularly back then, Yeah. in terms of uh, influence and, mm-hmm. and such as that. Um, but the, the question really... Sarah J. Hale may be known by some as the mother of Thanksgiving because she persuaded Lincoln finally to, to set a day. But there's something she did that I think is even more important and more memorable. You
1: remember that? That was more memorable than Thanksgiving?
4: I think to the population of the world in general, yeah. All right, what was it?
1: It had something to do with the sheep. Why would sheep have a better rating for... For us than Thanksgiving.
4: Well, if you'll promise to recite from memory when I tell you what. (laughs) Uh, She was a poet and author and did a lot of children's stories. Oh, I love those. Yeah, well, she actually is the author of the very popular rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb.
1: Somehow, I don't know why this has come up, but I was... Writing by myself the other day, and I started reciting that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know,
4: premonition of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. She, she actually wrote, Mary had a little lamb, fleeces white well, as snow, etc.
1: Yeah. And we uh, were aware it, that Mary went, and the lamb was sure to go. Where did it go? It, actually, it, it ended up in the oven, if I remember correctly. Well, no, I didn't say where it ended up. <laughs> oh. Well, you said where it did he go? It followed her to school one day. Uh, yes, all right.
4: Which was against the rule. Yeah, made the children laugh and play. So, what happened to the lamb? Now, here's where I Maybe find various variations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one variation. The next line is pretty standard. Uh, so, the teacher turned him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made the children laugh and play. So, the teacher turned him out. Yeah. Uh, there's one version that says he waited for her. And when she came out, he was uh, joyful, elated. Uh, others just repeat that uh, she turned him out and uh, leave it to so your speculation. So
1: that's how the movie Lassie came about.
4: Was Lassie involved with sheep? No. Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is Sarah Josepha Hale, H-A-L-E
1: how did you spell how do you spell Joseph like Joseph Joseph with an a
4: on the end of it in okay. her case all
1: right
4: and uh, the world book has uh, yeah an a on the end of it check that it reminds me of a local woman I want to offer a compliment and accolades to Mary Watkins friend of mine she and I have uh, worked together from time to time she's the I guess they call it president or chairman of the, uh, and I'm not sure I get the name, but I think it's called the African American Heritage Society mm-hmm. or his, Historical Society here in Rutherford County. And a couple of weeks ago, the, we unveiled a plaque down on the corner of Vaughan and Castle, I believe it is, mm-hmm. maybe Highland, Vaughan and Highland, in any event. Uh, it's Vaughan Street, and uh, I'm sure that before the plaque was unveiled, very very few people knew what the Vaughan name, the significance of the Vaughan That's name. That's one
1: of the older streets in Murfreesboro.
4: Well, it uh, yeah may well be. It's right there in the uh, what uh, someone was called the uh, the projects, right at the corner of that uh, Mary Ellen. Vaughan was originally from Alabama, but came up here young and and, uh, very educated. I think she had degrees from three different institutions. She was a public health nurse by training, and uh, she founded the first, or one of the first, black newspapers in Rutherford County. I think it was called the Murfreesboro Union, Hmm. and uh, that is noted on the plaque. Uh, I don't believe the plaque notes what I think is probably her more her most significant contribution is she founded a school here called Vaughn's Training School, which provided training skills, vocational skills, for uh, young members of the black community at the time. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the 18. Well, she was uh, she lived into the I think the 1930s, 40s. Uh, but anyway, there's now a plaque there and quite appropriate to explain the name Lo- uh, Vaughn Street mm-hmm. and to recognize to recognize her. Uh, one thing that's uh, not related to her, but it's interesting about the street, is Vaughn Street extends across from where the plaque is, makes a little jog, and then mm-hmm. goes on for another block. Uh, we probably would... Be uh, good to have a plaque there, noting where the name Castle Street came from, and that that part of what's now Vaughn Street was the driveway to the castle. Mm. Uh, the castle was the name that the wife of Matthias Murphy gave to the home that Matthias built for. Matthias was the son of Colonel Hardy Murphy, mm-hmm. and he inherited the east, what's now the east side of town. Uh, And uh, his wife, he married after um, he had settled in this area on his inheritance. And her home in North Carolina, uh, a fancy, uh, beautiful old home over there, I think it's still there, uh, was called the Castle. So she Mm. wanted to name her new home, and the home was built. It's kind of a hill. I think uh, O'Reilly's uh, automotive supply mm-hmm. is on the side of it, but Vaughan Street extending from uh, Highland uh, South was the driveway, one of two driveways it's actually circled around, uh, for the castle. And uh, until I began researching uh, names around the old uh, original city, I always wondered why the castle? Was there someone named Castle? But it's named for the uh, home, the name that was given to the home itself uh, that was on the hill there. If you look at uh, the late 1800 maps, it's still noted, but uh, obviously it disappeared many years ago now.
1: Have you ever noticed the privileged people? Have special names for their home or their residence, uh,
4: no, uh, uh, some people. You felt do. that
1: coming, didn't you?
4: Yes, yeah, some people do, but I don't yeah. know that you know. You can name anything you like. Just yeah. put up a little sign out front, yeah, and uh, see if it catches on. I call mine
1: the house. The house. Or the home. Well, uh, when Jackie was here, it was the home, but Uh, now it's
4: the house. Well, I've heard you say you're going to the house. Yeah, yeah. now I know what
1: you mean. Yeah.
5: Uh,
4: Let me extend my comments about my friend Mary Watkins, though, because uh, she now, uh, another project, which I quickly endorse, is uh, she wants to put a marker in Evergreen Cemetery, a monument or marker, I'm not sure just Mm -hmm. what it is, Uh, locating and indicating the place where the slaves uh, uh, were buried, Uh, mostly, I guess all now, uh, unmarked graves. But there's one small section of Evergreen Cemetery that originally was the cemetery for the uh, Oakland's plantation. Mm -hmm. So prior to the Civil War, there were quite a few, uh, we believe, uh, slaves who were buried there in Mm -hmm. that area. And uh, uh, I'm vice chairman of the Evergreen Cemetery. We had a meeting recently, a uh, board meeting. And uh, Mary's interest was discussed. And uh, we quickly approved the idea and basics concept. Uh, we did put a couple of contingencies on it. One, I want the people that uh, maintain the cemetery to work with her to exactly where we put it and how we position mm-hmm. it. Uh, consideration like maintenance and mowing and things like that uh... we also said that we would like to review the text just for accuracy mm-hmm. dates and such as that and finally the uh... funding needs to be needs to come from donations uh... as is usually the case with monuments and such there uh, and uh, i hope uh hope it moves forward fairly quickly yeah that'd be be nice yeah good addition to the to the cemetery
1: let me ask you is there any way to find out uh, approximately who are buried and the names of the people that are buried in those uh, uh, different uh, plots
4: uh, you're talking about the unmarked ones.
1: Yeah, it, I, I just I, I presume that whoever put them there had some type of documents.
4: In some cases, family cemeteries are platted and uh, such that you can find out who's where, but uh, that's certainly not the universal rule, uh, and I doubt I doubt that the, even if it is done uh the slave graves, which were usually on the near but not always a part of the family cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, like there'll be a stone wall around the old family cemetery, and just over the stone wall uh, will be where the slaves are buried. yeah, so uh, it's possible that the descendants of some of the slave families may have, uh, either from word of mouth, anecdotally, information that someone is buried in a particular one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could presume by uh, looking at records such as uh, wills, uh, sales type things, that a particular family uh, was part of a Farmer plantation here
5: mm-hmm.
4: and then you can speculate well you know some of those died and they're probably in but uh, as far as one of the things to document no I'm not not confident at all that we would be able to document that uh, I did one more thing on on Mary Watkins uh, I enjoy that she's always got more than one project she called me the other day and asked me about a street over east of town, now probably in town, but east of the old uh, city limits, Dora Rucker Street. Mm-hmm. And remember Miss Dora well. Oh, very well. Uh, she served for many, many years on the election commission. Yeah,
1: such a sweet lady.
4: Yeah, and uh, I visited with her. She was it for a while. The oldest living member of Rutherford County Mm -hmm. lived to 104, 105, something something on that line,
1: and still looked like a young lady.
4: Yeah, uh, and had uh, (laughs) yeah, Uh, and uh, Mary asked me if I knew for certain that that was that Dora Rucker, and I said, well, I'd be amazed if it isn't. But I have never been able to find any documentation of when or why the street was named for. Mm-hmm. But I could certainly expect that it was named for her. There weren't many Dora Ruckers, and yeah. she did hold a prominent position for, for many years. So maybe we're looking to another marker, because uh, I know Mary will stay on it. And... Uh, uh, let's see, I got acquainted with Mary. She's also an artist, a rather accomplished artist. Uh, she did a portrait of Apple John.
1: Oh, wow.
4: Yeah, and at the time I was writing about Apple John. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, f- I forget where it is now. It's on display. I remember seeing
1: him when I was at Mitchell Nelson.
4: Yeah, well, for a while her portrait was on display at City Hall. Uh, I have to ask her where is her original portrait now. hmm Uh, But she is a very active part of our community and is doing what I think is the most positive way you can approach, uh, you know, trying to bring up history that's been neglected or overlooked. This uh, tearing down monuments and turning over statues is really offensive. Uh, And several of us have said, you know, if there's something that you think needs to be celebrated or memorialized, let's make another plaque. Let's, let's put up, you know, if there's a plaque on every corner, uh, I would be delighted because every corner has a history. And uh, it's good for business, tourism, and such as that to be informative, but uh, uh, Mary is setting an excellent example by determining those things that have been overlooked and ought to be noted. Mm -hmm. and taking steps to to accomplish that. So in particular, a a great example is the Evergreen Cemetery and a marker there for the the slaves that we know are buried there.
1: You know that uh, cemeteries are very special. To me, it's like reading a book. I know that I used to go to, uh, Jackie and I would go over in East Tennessee where they have cemeteries over there, and they have a name and a uh, date uh, of when they were born and when they died, and that was it. I mean, you didn't see anything Mm -hmm. else. But it was special to me because, you know, it's just like when you pull over and there's a funeral procession going by, you honor those people. You honor their families. You honor them. And I I know that there's a time right now where maybe you and I don't live uh, in the same world a lot of people live in around now, especially the younger people. But people are... are, are um, They're not leaving any place w- when they take off. Their ashes are spread all over the ocean or whatever <laughs> like that. But uh, I, I, I still believe in the old history, and I respect people who make their decisions to do that. that, that that's their responsibility. But I like to know about people, and, uh, and that's, that's what, you and I are, have been good friends a long time, but one of the things that joins us together is the history of this place. Oh, absolutely. It makes a big difference.
4: It does, it does. In fact, now you, you remind me of a couple of things. One thing I'm a little sensitive about, and that is I think we have one history here in Rutherford County, just to use us as an example.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It bothers me a little that we tend to uh, bifurcate our history, black and white. Yeah. Someday I hope that uh, the Rutherford County Historical Society and the Afro-American Historical Society will merge and we'll have
1: it one society
4: be, looking at our history, whatever yeah. we call it.
1: Yeah. But because both sides made our history.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned something about ashes. reminds me of an interesting problem the county has. I believe it's under state law that uh, a uh, body... Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimate responsibility is the counties, and through the county, the states. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as I know, every jurisdiction, at least in the old days, had a pauper's cemetery.
1: Yeah,
4: pauper's grave. So, if someone dies and there's nothing and
1: nobody, there's still pauper uh, funerals.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, right now, one of our county uh, officers uh, has in his office in a cabinet eight uh, urns of ashes
5: hmm.
4: for uh, bodies that have been found in no identification or no contact, no family, no money. Mm-hmm. And uh, the county uh, mayor, Katrin, has asked Evergreen Cemetery if they if the county could place what's called a new new word for me, a columbarian, something, barium, which is a structure with a whole lot of little drawers, like the old post office boxes, a little bigger, mm-hmm. where the uh, urns can be can be placed. Uh, I talked with Bill, Mayor Bill, uh, about it, and I said, well, you know, we have at Evergreen as many as eight, unused graves set aside for the paupers, paupers' graves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think he said there's, I forget how many exactly, but I said you can put as many as eight in a single grave. It should be very uh, economical for the county. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Mayor Ketron pointed out that, well, today... There's always a chance that someone will come along, and claim the ashes, even though we've held them for, you know, a couple of years in many cases. So it would be easier to have it where we could just open a compartment, and you know,
1: there's no names and, to, with those at all.
4: Some of them might have names, but we don't know anything more than you know, Jim Jones. Nobody in your family, I hope. Uh,
1: Yes, I've got some Jim Joneses. I there, bet me. you do.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I can understand that because today with the DNA and all that, uh, I guess we can d- identify where we used to not have any way to do that. But, uh, again, I think uh, I'm going to ask the uh, staff people out at the cemetery to come up with an idea about what, if any, uh, costs would be involved in uh, It would probably take two grave sites to place the, they want a columbarium with maybe 80 Mm -hmm. uh, niches, so, you know, the problem is taken care of for a few years. I understand there's two or three at most that turn up in a year. Wow. Uh, So that would take care of it for quite a while. But uh, I believe it's uh, our EMS director right now has custody of, of the ashes that uh, need to be moved on, given a permanent place.
1: You know, one of the things I was thinking about is we have a uh, lot of people uh, that have come into Rutherford County, and uh, we will never know their names. You you know, they're, they're kind of lost people that kind of go to places that nobody's uh really watching very much and the homeless people Mm -hmm. and uh we 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 do a poor job keeping up with those Mm -hmm. people uh
4: and that they range all over the place there are those who have absolutely no identification uh and what they might tell us uh but then there are some who actually have relatives in the area but choose for whatever reasons to to live on the street Mm -hmm. uh I'm remembering one that I got well acquainted with, Joe Faulkner, had a sister living in uh, one of the projects, and when he got real cold, he'd go crash at her place, but he preferred to be under the bridge, Yeah. and uh, uh, he and I developed a relationship because he had been born and raised in that downtown, in our downtown area, and knew more about places and people than you can imagine, so... uh, uh, we developed a relationship there in his last years.
1: You you developed a lot of friendships in the time that you've been back from Washington. I mean, you? you were just longing to find some people <laughs> you could talk to once you got back.
4: Well, the role of historian, even though there's no formal job description, clearly attracts information and in people who want to talk, and I enjoy that very much. And see, I got a couple of things I think need to be put on plaques or put on something so we'll remember I got a call the other day from the late Ed Lowe's nephew hmm. and he said he doesn't live in Murfreesboro. he was visiting he said he, he went looking for Sky Harbor the first major airport in the southeastern United States and he says there's no plaque or no, no. at least he couldn't find anything and I said "Well, all we need to find is a group and I thought of the uh, Aviation Hall of Fame group maybe that we'll take it as a project and raise some money, and uh, let's let's do that. The other thing I think needs to be on a plaque somewhere is the names and background on the four real founders of Murfreesboro, the fellows who picked the spot, laid it out, uh, built the courthouse, and right now three of those names are just completely lost to history. Uh, and I don't think even the mayor can tell you the, the four yeah. needs to be on a plaque somewhere. I need a little
1: break. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard,
2: Main Street Murfreesboro is continuing the Take the Pledge Challenge to support locally owned businesses in the historic downtown. Plan to shop small business Saturday after Thanksgiving, November 28th, all day. Bring your family and friends downtown, eat, walk around, and find unique gifts for the holidays. Grab BizBucks $5 coupons to be used at participating shops downtown that day and the following week. Get your BizBucks at any Wilson Bank and Trust for small businesses in downtown Murfreesboro. Hey guys, prioritizing your health is now more important than ever, not only to build your immune system, but to address chronic health issues that you may have. I recommend Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it easy to get all of your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, those could be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. Book your annual wellness exam today at LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Bet River Sportsbook is ready to make this football season one to remember. All season score at Bet River Sportsbook with free bets, odds boosts, and more. Player props, thousands of game lines, and live in game betting. Bet River Sportsbook delivers best in class sports betting experiences with outstanding customer service to back it up. Go to BetRivers.com. And if you reside in a non regulated state, then BetRivers.net has action for you. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call
3: 1 800 Gambler. You like your burger medium well, your peanut butter crunchy, and your mattress firm. It's the little things that make you, you. And you deserve a Medicare plan that fits your unique needs. That's why United Healthcare is offering more plan options than ever, so you can find just the right plan for you. Call 1-800-362-8715. That's 1-800-362-8715 to get Medicare with more. Remember, Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
3: I'm Ron Jordan. Main Street Murfreesboro's Executive Director Sarah Callender says the city's historic business district will look even more festive this holiday season because of the Decorate Your Window contest. If your business is participating, send Main Street Murfreesboro an email so the judges will know to include your business. Judging will be the week of December 7th. Winners will be announced December 14th on News Radio WGNS, your local connection for almost 77 New years. More details, by the way, on our website, wgnsradio.com. Data from the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development shows the job market is improving. Prior to the pandemic, the Volunteer State was having around 2,702 new claims for benefits. For the week ending November 14th, 6,182 claims were filed. That's lower than the previous week. Still, the unemployment rate is almost 2.2% higher than pre-COVID times. Middle Tennessee announced Saturday that fans will not be allowed to attend games at Murphy Center for the first two weeks of the men's and women's basketball season. University made the decision out of concern about the recent spike in COVID-19 active cases in Rutherford and surrounding counties, as well as guidance from public health officials who've recently cautioned against large indoor gatherings. MTSU will announce after December 9th whether to resume fan attendance for its men's games on December 12th. Tennessee's hospitals filling up due to the coronavirus. As of Sunday, there were over 2,000 COVID-19-related hospitalizations. More than 4,200 deaths have been attributed to the coronavirus statewide. Governor Lee says operating hours for all 35 county health departments are being expanded for testing ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. Like us on Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on
0: demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
2: Hi, this is Lisa Halliburton with Bell Jewelers. We invite you to visit Bell Jewelers' Facebook page and Instagram page to find out about all our upcoming trunk shows and special events that we have going on. Bell Jewelers... So if you have questions, whether it's just a simple jewelry repair question, you let us know when and where, and we'll make it happen for you. So come see us at Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street, across from Toots Restaurant. Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler, so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate two tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at BudsTireProsTN.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18th, 2020 through December 9th, 2020. Voidware prohibited. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSradio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the low 50s. Winds out of the northeast of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy and a low near 33. Meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently it's 39.
3: Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's
0: Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5 and 101.9 AM 1450 and streaming at WGNSRadio.com And welcome back with Greg Tucker and you know, um uh,
1: the dinner, Thanksgiving, and then uh, uh, when, when we do the Fourth of July things, we're out there cranking ice cream, and uh, and then when Christmas gets here, we, we uh, everybody's got the, the, the lights and the trees and and all that stuff. Isn't it amazing how all of that's passed down for hundreds of years? Everybody's still in that process and enjoying each other's family members. Um, I think that uh, that's the thing that really makes America great is, is that kind of relationship. We we're just we're just blessed for that.
4: Traditions. Yeah. Following traditions. Every family has its traditions, and uh, and then part of it's habit. You know, when uh, starts getting cool, if you like putting up autumn decorations.
1: Yeah. Uh, habit response. Well, you're talking about your little granddaughter Cora, and when you started. Sh- Showing me how she gets involved in, in the creating all of these things that are, uh, she, it's, everything's going to be passed on as far as the things that you're teaching her and the things you're enjoying. And it reminded me the way you had her cranking everything, it reminded me of the ice cream that we used to crank in the old days. It'd take almost an hour to get that and, ice cream ready.
4: And uh, as I remember it, it uh, took a, uh, a, a platoon system. One yeah. fellow would crank for five or ten minutes, and then somebody else would take over cranking. That was not easy cranking.
1: And some and a kid had to stand on top of it to keep it from yeah. moving all over the
4: place. Yeah, and yeah. hold it down. The best system was, you know, the big old heavy wooden. Uh, but by the time I came along, you did. You had trouble with the thing running all over the patio while you were trying to. Trying to crank. Yeah. See, we were talking a lot about uh, Evergreen Cemetery. I know people have been kind of following what's going on there. We now hope that by the end of the year, the transfer from the city to a, uh, a state not-for-profit uh, corporation will be completed, and then uh, we'll have some opportunities for fundraising and such that a public entity can't do. But a private nonprofit can do, and uh, uh, we hope to build a, a new uh, shop, and uh, then ultimately we want to build a an office, and uh, hopefully all that'll get started next year.
1: You know, I just got a text from <coughs> one of my cousins, Angie Clino, and uh, you know she, they were uh, she and her husband were uh, uh, Dick were very uh, instrumental in starting the Special Kids uh, Foundation and everything. And Angie's a, a special cousin to me, so I'm uh, saying, hey, back to you, Miss Cousin. And I hope everybody's starting to get over that virus in the family. We've got a number of people in in uh, the McFarland uh, clan and so many others. I know the, the victories in Smyrna, they've had to go through all of that. And uh, a couple have had some... Uh, uh, major uh, problems with it, but I think everybody's doing really, really well, and and let's get this stupid virus over with and everybody being able to join their families again. And, and I hope we never get a mayor like they've got in Davidson County. <laughs>
4: no, I won't comment on that. You already did. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah, you forgot. <laughs> uh, well, uh, some of us have... Uh, Still inclined to socialize a little bit. We had yeah. some very good friends come out and have lunch with us last week, and uh, he is a former. Uh, well, he was raised on a farm, and I think she came from a rural area as well. And they were real interested in the farm and uh, you know what we were, what was part of the farm. And mm-hmm. uh, Cripple Creek runs right through my farm, and uh, mentioned that and. Uh, the lady says, "Where in the world is given a name like Cripple Creek? Did someone get hurt?" And I said, "Well, there's a a, a tall tale about somebody falling and breaking a leg, and from then on they call it Cripple Creek, but uh,
1: that's not true.
4: That's not true at all. Yeah. And uh, if you go back and look at the maps drawn during the Civil War by the Yankee occupiers, they call it the Cripple Deer Creek which also is something they either made up or somebody was accurate, Yeah, misleading them. Uh, and uh, I explained to them that, like several other names that we now use for things and places, it actually was a descriptive, generic name. And if you uh, get a map of the United States and call up Cripple Creek, you'll find there are Cripple Creeks all over the country, just about one in every in every state. And, uh, in fact, uh, there's a Cripple Creek, Colorado, which claims to be THE Cripple Creek, and uh, claim that uh, when the singing is done about going down Cripple Creek, uh, that we're singing about the place in Colorado, that also is a it's a tall town. That's
1: really far-fetched. And
4: legend. But there are Cripple Creeks in just about every state, and that the term Cripple Creek, write it with lowercase Cs, mm-hmm. is a description of a creek usually coming out of the hills that zigzags and wanders and uh looks like if you stood it up on end a bent old cripple looking something. And uh so it's not the place cripple creek, it's a cripple creek. Mm-hmm. And uh the music helped me a little bit when I researched it because uh uh, I, of course, am very familiar with the Flatt and Scruggs version, which has got mm-hmm. to be the the version of Cripple yeah. Creek with Earl on his picking banjo. Uh, but we trace the song and its predecessors back to about 1750, mm. and perhaps an original use of the term Cripple Creek was in that same time. Was the presumption, and it was it's in Virginia. And there actually was a Cripple Creek settlement and a creek that they called a Cripple Creek. And uh, the folklorists, uh, those who trace uh, musical traditions, say that that could be the original uh, Cripple Creek that the song was about. But as far as I'm concerned, Flat and Scruggs were singing about what runs through my farm. (laughs) That suits me fine. But we need to remember that it's not a uh, somebody got hurt or a deer got wounded. It's a descriptive name, a generic name. Well,
1: you know what the original <coughs> view was on it. It's, it they were here in, Ru- in Rutherford County, in Cannon County, and they who? The, the, uh, the people that lived there, yeah. and, 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 and the, the, they would have dry times, and the creek wouldn't run no more, so it was crippled.
4: Well, that's a good explanation, yeah. too. Still yeah. a descriptive name. Yeah, very descriptive. descriptive. Well, there's yeah. another one that's out in my neighborhood and other places. Uh, over near Big Springs, on Big Springs Road, uh, between Bradaville Road and Manchester Pike, Braidable Pike, uh, is a creek, and it's called Hurricane Creek. Yeah, That's not the way you say it, though, if you're native. It's Hurricane but it's spelled out
1: Hurricane Creek. Wait a minute. Are you being derogatory toward our local language? No,
4: I much prefer the local. (laughs) It's much easier to say. And Hurricane Creek runs from the Big Springs community towards, and I'm not even sure what it it flows into, may flow into the Lytle Creek. Mm -hmm. It's near the Headwater. But then you go to the north side of the county, and the original border between Davidson County and Rutherford County, when Rutherford County was established, was Hurricane Creek. Mm-hmm. So we got at least two, and then if you go up into Wilson County you'll find another one. But we got two creeks that are Hurricane Creeks, Hurricane Creeks. That again is a descriptive name, a generic descriptive name, and it's referring to a creek that has a lot of eddies, little whirls mm-hmm. where the water appears to reverse and swirl. And mm-hmm. if you go into the derivation of the name hurricane or the word hurricane, Long before it was ever applied to a big storm down on the uh, the Atlantic coast, it was used to describe something that was swirly, twirly, mm-hmm. was a hurricane, hurricane. Uh, and then the third one that uh, same kind of confusion arises is the term name now pilot oh. knob.
1: Yeah, Uh, and that's over there in your area also. Yeah, well,
4: in the county there are two pilot knobs, Mm -hmm. which illustrates the fact that, again, is a descriptive generic name. Long before pilot was applied to the guy who flies the plane or or drives the vehicle, uh, pilot simply meant something that is used for direction. And if you look at our two pilot knobs, one of them is on the old Highway 70, which Mm -hmm. followed the old uh, stage routes, and the tall, uh, how would you say uniquely topped, a little bit taller and everything else, would be their pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, you head towards that till you get such and such. And then the one out uh, Manchester Pike uh, is the other pilot knob. And uh, that also, the old war trace, went down that way. And they used that higher hill peak as mm-hmm. a pilot for direction. Uh, m- uh, ten years ago, I remember reading somewhere uh, that uh, the pilot knob out to the east near Readville,
5: mm-hmm.
4: Kittrell, uh, was the highest point in the county. And I pointed out, not only is it not the highest point, it's not even the highest pilot knob. The one over near Manchester Pike is a little bit, little bit taller, a little bit higher.
1: I like the version that ours is higher.
4: Hours, you're yeah. you're acting possessive now.
1: Yeah, Jackie and I almost <coughs> bought uh, a place up on Pilot Knob. But, yeah, and we were going to build a house up there. And but she, you know what she said? It's too far from town.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, d- yeah, distances change over time. Yeah, everything yeah. everything is relative. Uh, I've heard speculation that it was Pilot Knob because during the Civil War they used it as a a beacon location, using fires, of course, uh, for communication and such, and that's correct. It was used that way, but I can show you maps from the early 1800s, long before the Civil War, that uses the term pilot knob. In fact, the most prominent pilot, again, they're all over the country, and uh, there must be 20 or 30 pilot knobs mm-hmm. in Middle Tennessee. Uh, The most prominent pilot knob uh, is part of the uh, Nathan Bedford Forest history. It's over on the river between east and west Tennessee.
1: Are we we allowed to mention his name on uh, the radio?
4: It's too late. It's already gone. You have to use your loop to cut that out. (laughs) Uh, It was one of uh, Forrest's particularly uh, impressive victories. Uh, He destroyed an entire fleet of Union boats Mm -hmm. and captured uh, tons of uh, material and supplies and such. Uh, But near that point in the river is Pilot Knob, which Mm -hmm. is, if you go into a history book, Tennessee, Pilot Knob, that's the one that will come up usually as a connection.
1: Do you do you ever um, get a little bit aggravated or angry when people start attacking our history here in this community? Because most of them have no clue what they're talking about. Uh, we got a pretty lady here.
4: Oh, we do, we do. I'm pleased to see she's even she pretty said, behind
1: uh, the mask. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, I was stopped at the door as I was coming in here at Adams Place this morning, and the fellow uh, identified me as Mr. Truman, <laughs> and oh, wow. said he was reading a book that Joyce Johnson had, had loaned to him, yeah. and that he's a, a big fan of Nathan Bedford Forrest, mm-hmm. and when uh, Mr. Tucker comes in, uh uh, he'd like to meet him and talk to him. Yeah, and uh, I hated to disappoint him, but I said,
1: "Do what?" Huh? He's still waiting. Oh, he's still waiting.
4: Well, I, I had to disappoint him. Told him I wasn't Truman. Uh, perhaps wearing a mask, you and I look a little bit alike. But
1: uh, you told me you have never been as embarrassed in your whole life. In fact, you were—you were just—it was put down. You were very much put down when he called you Truman.
4: I had a mask on. That
1: made it, me feel better. Yeah, uh, that, that would help. Yeah, that it? helped. It helped. <laughs> it's nice to know where I stand.
4: You don't stand, Truman. No, I
1: sit most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Uh,
4: let's see.
1: Tell me when we're going to hear from the DAR medal.
4: I have, I don't know. They wanted to get it in by Thanksgiving. What it is is a national recognition Mm
5: -hmm.
4: which requires a nomination by a local chapter. So I am not a recipient of the award. I am a nominee of the Colonel Hardy Murphy chapter here in Rutherford County. And I'm very flattered because those are the ladies who have followed my work and some of the things we've done. And it's a real compliment to me that they even want to nominate, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what happens beyond that. Uh, the letter of recommendation you wrote probably will help a little bit. Uh, but,
1: but I, I don't know if it will help or not. I said he's definitely not deserving of this award. And
4: <coughs> I knew I should have read it. Yeah, yeah you, it you, <laughs> you messed
1: up, big boy.
4: <laughs> oh, my.
1: Isn't it awful?
4: Yeah. Uh, we are working. I say we because others are very much involved in helping me on a fifth book and
1: uh what is this one going to be about
4: well this one's a little different it'll part of it will be the collection of different stories mm-hmm. different topics you know raising ranging from riots and and the poor farm uh, on up to some uh, pleasant events uh
1: but all part of, them, of it all of them are Rutherford County. Yeah.
4: Incidents. Okay. Yeah, are related. Yeah. Uh, part of it, though, will be uh, World War II. A focus mm. on individuals, uh, beginning yeah. with my father and his story, and uh, probably two or three that you're familiar with. We've we've talked to one time or another on the air. Yeah. And uh, then uh, <laughs> there's always a few uh, items that. I touched on or wrote about in the earlier books that I need to follow up. So there'll be a section of uh, in the fifth book relating to each of the earlier books, either more information, correcting information, uh, uh, so that that's uh, part of the motive in doing one more book so I can catch up with things that we left hanging in the previous books.
1: We're very blessed that we've had a number of World War II veterans. That have, that have made it a long time. And, and a number of them are still going. I mean, you have breakfast every Thursday morning with one of them. And then, uh, of course, Mr. Frank Hayes. And uh, I, 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 I can tell you, being able to listen to them, to relate what they went through during that particular time, was just fascinating. In And, and, and uh, um, I wish that there was some way, I know with you putting pen to paper, it makes a big difference because you can relate the emotions and all the other things that they went through, and uh, they were, we were lucky to have you to be able to do that.
4: Well, it's good that if there ever is another war, it'll be very different. Uh, it'll be more remote. Uh, but the stories of what they went through and the fact that they survived is is just uh, hard to believe. Yeah. And, of course, another decade, and uh, there won't be any more stories to be told. One reason, many of us all over the country are trying to record, document, get, gather as much of the stories as we can. Uh, I know NPR has a program where you can literally just call in and... Uh, Talk on the phone and tell your story, and it goes into a permanent uh, uh, record. Uh, I believe at the National Archives or, or Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the Smithsonian collection, and uh, I hope a lot of that's going on. I think we're doing a pretty good job here in Rutherford County because we uh, are. your broad your uh, interviews are all recorded mm-hmm. and uh,
1: available for those who will research in the future. You know one thing about each and every one of them, not just they—they uh, uh, they, none of them want to be heroes. Uh, uh, but, but they are. I mean, uh, they stand ahead uh, uh, of shoulders above so many of the rest of us. But you know, it, it's so vivid. I mean, it's it's almost like the memories are just uh, uh, there in their minds, and it won't ever leave. It's just it's it, it's just a constant type situation when you go talk from one to the other and and they have just felt like uh, that th- they all had an angel on their back because that's the only reason they got back because so many times they probably should have been gone, but there's an intervention there.
4: Yeah, I've heard many times in talking with them comments like, I don't know why I survived. Yeah. You know, my friends to the left and to the right of me didn't. Uh, but somehow I was the one that didn't get the bullet and mm-hmm. uh, even my father talked about the black sheep pilots that they lost uh, and uh, he says I was never even hit you know his only injury was a bloody nose from a rough landing and uh, yet he lost you know a number of uh, squadron mates uh, in the time they were in combat.
1: It's, it's actually chilling to listen to them when they get to the part. I mean, you're talking about the people who were on all these suicide missions during the time, and and uh, your your dad was uh, with with a group. I mean, they were very much honored all the time. But it's an individual process, also. You de- you depend on your fellow uh, pilots to get you through there, but uh, still. Uh, some go down and then you start yeah. saying why why didn't i go down
4: well i guess i've never of course been in combat but i guess the best way to go into combat is with some people with some others
1: yeah
4: because uh, i know uh, in the research i've done on the black sheep if you found yourself isolated you go home
1: yeah
4: uh, they were all taught don't try to engage the enemy by yourself uh and uh Part of the reason Boyington scored so many victories is the other pilots in the squadron would uh, back him up and protect him while he was the aggressive uh,
1: combatant. There are some people who go to war and they're in their milieu, I mean that is where they want to be and then most of the guys are there, you just want to get home, you really do. (laughs)
4: Uh, My namesake, Boyington, Greg Boyington, was characterized, and I think, quite fairly uh, in his whole life. His only one accomplishment was he was a war hero. Mm -hmm. Because after the war, he bounced from this to that and never really uh, took hold of anything until he started appearing at air shows and signing autographs and being the war hero, Pappy Boyington. in In a way, that's a sad story, but it's like you just said, sometimes for some people, that's what they do. That's yeah. what they're able to do.
1: You, you You've probably seen the movie Patton i know mm. and And that's an unbelievable. But near the end, when they start saying how different wars will be, because people will just be pushing buttons and and uh, so many places will be destroyed. and and he says he can't think of anything worse than that, because when you go to war, it, it, it you're on the ground, and uh, the 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 last war should be when he wants to be in the last war where the bullet's gonna hit him in in the head. He said that's the only way to go. And and there are people that that really work on that. I guess we've run out of time. Are you have you have you got anything else you want to add?
4: Uh, aren't we coming back next week? I hope so. Well, let's save it for next Do you next feel week. okay today? Yeah, I'm in pretty good shape. Yeah. I just don't overeat this weekend, all right? I'm planning on it, are you?
1: <laughs> That's Thanksgiving.
4: That's what it's all about. You want, you, uh, you want to engulf uh, all
1: the love you can and all the food you can on yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and thank God we're still here.
4: Well, let's hope we're all so busy being thankful that we eat moderately. Yeah.
1: Oh, I did see that uh, that little thing in the air the not the planet but the comet i think i saw you you can ask me if it was up there but i almost positive i saw it, it but it's one clear section that i could see it well it enough to, to early, maybe, early this morning early or? this morning well you when, may, I, yeah. when I was uh, coming back from working out well the in
4: december it will be at its peak i think uh I have to check that, but it, a,
1: it will be easier to be yeah, seen. it'll get it brighter day. and brighter as yeah
4: as we move along. Yeah, all right, let's move along. I'll see you next week.
1: I look forward to it and have a really great Thanksgiving and enjoy the family. You too. And I and we wish that for everybody else out there uh, today and uh, hope it. Hopefully, it'll be one of your more joyous times. Should be. Yeah. See you guys